Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. G'day everyone, uh, welcome to the PM here on Ausbiz on this Tuesday afternoon, live from our Barangaroo studios. You've tuned in to the call. 10 stocks picked by you, we cover them all in one hour. Let's bring in the team as we speak. Rudy Philippak van Dyke from FN Arena. Rudy, how are you, sir? I was looking around for Albanese. But he's, <laughs> he's not here. <laughs> Philip Pepe from Shoreham Partners. Philip, how are you? Good to be here. Um, how are you feeling about the markets at the moment? Seem to be going along nicely. Is it? Do you think? No, I think I think it's very low volume. I think the sen- sentiment is a little bit on the... And I think, well, we're going to talk about it, I think we're, we're looking forward to a very edgy, sketchy reporting season, I okay. think. Okay. Philip, what's your Look, opinion? I agree. There seems to be, I mean, you call me the raging bull. There seems yeah. to be people who want to believe that the future looks bright, and it does. Yeah. But the near term, I see some risks. All these people calling interest rates have peaked and they'll come off by 100 basis points by December. I haven't read the economic by textbook. Ha- by December? Some, I mean, some economists are still saying within 12 months, 100 basis points decline. Right. But if you pick up mm. any economics mm. textbook, that's mm. not how central banks work. No. And once people realise that, you might find that reflected in share prices. But I agree, mm. this is going to be a very nervous reporting season. We might see some cost pressures come through that analysts hadn't thought about until they're actually in front of you. Yeah which sets the uh, expectations for FI24, which might not be as bullish as some share prices suggest. And, it's and of course, with continuous disclosure, even though we point to reporting season, if companies are seeing a change in circumstances early, they're getting the first cut of the June 30 figures, like a company we'll talk about in the tick, uh, they have to disclose to the market early, don't well, they? Well, not necessarily. I, I wrote yesterday, we have, to, we have to consider they have a margin of 15%. Right. So if they ah. see it, or they don't have to. Yeah, it's, right. it's their own okay. decision. If only if they think it's large than fifteen percent difference. Right. Yeah? Ah, so that's all, a definition. That's why a lot of them can can still wait until August and just go. Listen, we missed it, but hey, yeah, yeah. next Here year better. Go. All okay. right. Um, hold that thought. This half hour, we're going to talk about Ampol, Chuas, Flight Centre, Cromwell Property, James Hardy Industries. But uh, this morning, Ansel. Uh, came out with a profit warning forecasting a big drop in FY24 earnings as it cuts production and staff in response to customers working through high levels of product stockpiled during the pandemic. This as it plans to slow production of finished goods to normalise inventory holdings, which it said would improve cash flow but hit earnings. Okay, Rudy, is this a case in point? Yes. In particular, also for the U.S., Morgan Stanley is making a big thing about that. Uh, very, like a large number of companies in the U.S. is sitting on on basically much too high inventories for this for this part of the cycle. Um, if that happens and you get into an economy that is slowing down, you can see how bad news can can quickly yep. f- form. Um, we haven't had any such warnings yet in Australia, but Ansel is very timely now. 
Um, I'm in, 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 in continuing on the conversation we had earlier, I'm very cautious with the reporting season. Right. Um, the, the, both the reporting scenes we had, August and February, were not good. They were not good for share prices either. Um, the number that always kept, that always has stayed with me is that uh, out of February, 49% of all the companies that reported in February needed a very strong second half to compensate for the disappointing <coughs> first half. Right. And that might be too much of, of a call, uh, given the slowdowns, the continued interest rate uh, hikes, uh, this finally the, the mortgage cliff happening and impacting on consumer yeah. spending. So I'm a little bit surprised that we haven't seen more profit warnings so far. We have seen the return of confession season, which is something yeah. new. But in all honesty, it, has, it hasn't been as bad as it could have been, which I suspect we will get more answers in August. Okay. Because if you look at the detail, this year is okay. Yeah. Ancelus meeting expectations for this year. Yeah. It's next year that's the problem. Yeah. And I think that's the problem in August as well. Okay. So what would you be doing, Ancel's share, if you're an existing <coughs> shareholder? It's a, bit, it's, it's, it's a bit of a hybrid here. They mean a little bit over 50% is, is healthcare and the rest is basically industrial, including yeah, yeah. Uh, energy sector and stuff. I actually think I would, I would be more cautious. I wouldn't jump on board. If I own the stock, I probably would, would, would stay the course. Um, I mean, you sell after it, it, it comes down. It's probably the same level as it was about a year ago, maybe a little bit further. Um, but I wouldn't jump on it. I think there's, right. there's, there's still potential for... The problem with, with a company like Ansel is A, it's a manufacturer. That's, the second thing is it, it, it does have lots of competitors in, in at times, vital segments right. of its business. That's right. something it can't control. Inventories are a big, big problem. Um, for me, the uncertainty is too high. I would, uh, okay. at best, a hold. Philip? The gloves are off. I was trying the to glove. <laughs> It would have been better if I didn't change their strategy, but the yeah. gloves are off. Look, I'm going to call it a hold. Um, this is the, the reverse of a reopening trade, and it is a manufacturer. We've seen some parts of retail. We saw it with sanitizer. There was all this demand for their products yep. during COVID. Mm. Um, people mm. ordered, their customers ordered more than they needed because of inventory supply issues and because yep. of well, just using more mm. of the product. Mm. With a bit of hindsight, a lot of their customers are just holding too much and mm. their products don't really have a use by date. So they can sit in the warehouse for quite a while. Uh, and they flagged a cautious FY24. Um, says, as says, Rudy mm. was saying, they supply hospitals. We keep waiting for the medical sector to return back to pre-COVID levels of visits. People don't want to go to the doctor. They just, mm, they just yeah. don't. Mm. Uh, I've mm. seen it in other parts of the healthcare space where customers aren't returning like they used to. They'll go if they have to. If I don't have to, I'm going to wait because I might get sick. I might get COVID if I go to mm. hospital. So uh, their near-term outlook uh, until the destocking occurs, it's probably uncertain. Having said that, it's a lot of negativity in the share price. It's almost a 12 month low. It is a good mm. long-term buy, to quote Warren Buffett, low yeah. price point, yeah. replenishable goods. It is classic, it's a company all people should look at at some stage because yeah. the stuff wears out. You've got to buy new stuff every yeah. year, every month. Just right now, when a company puts out that sort of trading update, it's not going to outperform anytime soon. No. I wouldn't throw it out with the bathwater. I would call it a hold. But clearly, you'll see a whole bunch of analyst downgrades overnight. It'll struggle it for the next foreseeable yeah. future. Okay. Won't be alone, but I'll call it a hold just because just it's actually yeah. quite cheap at the moment. Okay. All right. Uh, let's go to the stocks here. We'll just take a look at Barry. Uh, Philip wants a view on Ampol, the largest and only Australian-listed petroleum refiner, a distributor, of course, 
through the Ampol service stations used to be Caltex. What do you think of Ampol? I'm going to call it a hold. It's almost a buy, but I'll call it a hold. It's had, it's had a, a good recent performance, I think. We're waiting for traffic and usage, to, again, to go back to pre-COVID levels. And I'm fine with interest. What's the debate happening in the banks at the moment versus one bank forcing people to come to the office, the other saying, hey, you work at home for yep. as long as you want to. Uh, and I'm thinking Victoria originally. I can't get people to meet with me on Mondays and Fridays in Victoria because they just work from home and then that's how it is. Um, mm. So I'm not... What what did we become a nation of twats? Uh, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. <laughs> but they will they will come in on Friday for, for the drinks and for, and for the football, uh, which, which is fair enough. So um, for me, that that's it's almost fair value. I know some analysts think it's cheap. That's almost fair value. They do have retail, which is defensive. There is some concern that um, not all retailers retail, whilst the Coles and the Woolies will do well because they're defensive. Are you going to run out and buy milk and an expensive packet of biscuits mm -hmm. from the At petrol station? Or from the convenience shop, You yes. probably won't if you don't have yeah. to, especially if you're not driving, fuels steady. Yeah. So mm -hmm. I'm going to call it a hold because, again, a bit like Ansel, what is the new norm in terms of post-COVID yeah. um, uh, movements? And I don't think we know just yet, so I'd be cautious. Mm -hmm. I, I would call yeah. it a hold. Ready? In, in general terms, I, I would agree. Um, they do offer uh, a relatively high dividend yield, and that's because the share price is where it is. Uh, so on that basis, um, you, could, you could take the view that I mean, maybe, maybe bad news is priced in, but that's always a, a dangerous assumption. Mm. I, would, I would not use the term defensive. Um, I think if people, if people are under pressure, they, they, will, they will wait or they will go to a cheap alternative instead of going to the, to the convenience shop and, uh, and spend too much, basically, because the prices are higher there. Um, so I'm a little bit more on that, but I can see the dividend yield attraction there. Um, in the same respect, even though those, those were finery margins, there's always a little bit of a laugh and a giggle to, to forecast them. Um, I don't think there's, there's, that there would be a lot of uh, downside potential either, I think. I mean, what are the chances they come out with a with a quite a severe profit warning. Mm. Um, but having said so, um, market forecasts are, are forecasting two years of decline here in profits and in dividends. Um, so definitely don't look don't look backwards. But there's probably a fair argument to be made. That maybe some of that is already priced in. I'm not excited, but it's also not a completely okay. terrible thing. To be. So maybe, so maybe, maybe it's well. a hold and, and you collect okay. the dividends. All right. Um, let's to Adam wants a view on Chuas telecommunications mobile uh, network, but in Singapore, um, uh, also from uh, has its own network infrastructure um, in Singapore. The ex TPG entrepreneurs left TPG and went to Chuas and and, and floated the, the separate. Yes. Yeah, the, my understanding is they're now offering broadband over there as well. Ah, okay. For me, it's too exotic. I mean, you, you buy too exotic. You, you basically buy a telco. A, too exotic. Well, a small one, a challenger in in Singapore. Right. right? We, we have we have plenty of alternatives over here yeah. that you can follow on a daily basis. What they're, what they're what they're actually achieving, what they're doing. Not only just Telstra, but the Aussie broadband. Yeah, you have TPG itself, right? TPG, yeah. uh, Aussie broadband, for example. Yeah. Um, so for me, too small, too exotic. Um, the reason that that one up there is probably that the market is now catching up on the fact they might actually be approaching the, 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 the break-even point. Right. Always good, always yep. good, but they haven't been profitable so far. But in the same respect, 
that's sometimes mm. when, when the heart when the heart yaka starts because once you're profitable, people can actually put a valuation on you. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then and then you have to start growing the profits. Um, so for me it's it's it mean that I'm happy with Delstar. And I'm going to do well out of my Delstar. Okay. Look, I don't, I don't disagree with the Telstra call, but I'm, I'm going to call this one a buy. Um, mm-hmm. It's in what but I... you'd prefer Telstra. It's bigger, more liquid. Um, right. It's home. It's more diversified. Um, yeah. In this market, I'm, I'm a small caps analyst, so edit this part out. You go right. larger before you go smaller at the moment because <laughs> you'll face a lot more volatility in small caps. But the yeah. fun stuff happens in small caps over time as opposed to boring old banks and insurers yep. and that kind of stuff. <laughs> uh, but look, Telstra is a good business. Uh, it's been around for a lot longer. But to us is the challenger mm-hmm. um, in, in, in uh, Singapore with some form. So my understanding is within three years, they got to 7 8% market share in telcos. That's impressive. When you're up against the incumbent, think about how much we complain against about Telstra. Mm-hmm. Um, Singtel gets the same uh, in Singapore. Uh, NBN is relative, to, or they, sell, they resell their version mm-hmm. of the NBN. So broadband is a utility. People don't switch it off. If we're spending more time at home, which we might in the next couple of years as we head into a recession, Demand for broadband is going down. Uh, and my understanding is they're offering a $20 price point, $20 Singapore versus the incumbent, which people spend around $34, $35. Right. So it's a cheap entry point as we're all managing our cost of living, people will consider it. Uh, so if they can get similar level of traction in broadband than they did in mobiles, and as Rudy said, they move from loss making to cash mm-hmm. profits, mm-hmm. that gets a re-rate. It's probably already reflected in the share price, but they seem to be doing well. Uh, in this market, I would sell my losers and hang on to my winners. Um, so I, I would consider them a buy, given that they're in the right space. I seem to be delivering. It's not well covered, so it's hard to argue that they're cheap. But I think um, people have um, not given them enough credit for about how much they can achieve within three years' time, and that, that'll probably happen getting broadband. So happy to okay. happy to back them. All right. Okay. But both of you prefer Telstra. If you had to buy one, you'd buy Telstra. Um, Telstra also, when it doesn't go anywhere for a while, you you do collect dividends as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, Andrew wants to view Philip on Flight Centre Travel, the big travel agency around the country. It's um, sort of has recovered as. Um, and the share price. How do you see it? At I, want to call it I really want to call this a buy. Uh, I'm going to call it a whole. It is the most shorted stock in the ASX. It is. Over yeah. 11% short. They've given a trading Why? update. Because yeah. people think doom and gloom, the world's coming to an end. Nobody's ever going to travel uh, globally because they're not just Australia. Businesses are going into receivership. No one's going to fly. The consumer's never going to travel again. Absolute BS. That just doesn't work mm. that way. Look at the start uh, of the year. It was 14 bucks. Now, now 20. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the world was coming to an end go. at the start of the year. Then, yeah. then all, the, all the travel companies have put out upgrades because people, you only live once, they want to travel. Mm. All my social media friends are in the other side of the world at the moment skiing, so partying. They're annoying, aren't they? They are very annoying. <laughs> but, some of that is, really but some of that is purchase in advance. Um, yep. So looking forward, if you look at the uh, Australian Bureau of Statistics um, travel stats, which came out, last week, we are still pre-COVID levels of travelling overseas. So Australians aren't travelling as much overseas as they used to. That's because the airfares are so flame and expensive Exactly right. But that would be good for flight centre, wouldn't it? That's great for a travel agent. I get a percentage. It's not their inventory. Well, it's price times quantity. So they get a percentage of the value of the TTV, but as prices come down, average Joes like me can afford to travel again and we buy more tickets. So So my view is that once we get back to normalised level pricing, 
you get more people traveling and the value right. should go up over time. So that, that's, the, um, that's the, the tailwind they face, um, but it's a very big short position. So you'd be very brave to say, professional investors are all dumb, you're all wrong. Their recent trading update at a strategy day suggested that the second quarter, second 2Q23, so the June quarter 23, slowing versus um, the first quarter. Right. But we are recovering off a low base. So I'm going to call it a hold because the result is imminent. They may give an outlook statement, which most outlook statements will be cautious into FY24. So that might spook the market. But if they say anything remotely positive, this stock will gap up significantly okay. because of the short position. So I'll call it a hold. I know that's boring. A hold. But then um, flight centers not different to Hello World. Hello World's a similar model. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but then you've got Webjet and corporate travel quite different that don't have the cost infrastructure, do they, the, the leases? Yeah, so um, I mean, Qantas got a lot of, uh, sorry, um, Flight Center has a lot of debt. Yeah. Hello World, which we like, has no debt and it's all domestic. So Qantas, right. uh, Qantas Flight Center, you've got Northern Hemisphere that's yeah. moving at different speeds. Corporate travel is pure corporate. Yeah. Um, Flight Center is a hybrid. Uh, but what, what people sometimes miss about people who use travel agents. If you're price conscious, you're not using a travel agent. You're jumping online, booking yep. a flight direct to Bali, booking your hotel, fine. Yep. The stereotypical user of a flight center is uh, middle-aged, generally mother, uh, wife, partner, two kids, booking a complex trip to Europe, spending yep. 10, 15 grand, multiple hotels, multiple countries, multiple airlines. You're not yep. going to do that yourself. You're going to use a travel agent. Oh. Um, people like Hello World say that demand isn't slowing because interest rates are positive for the over 50s and the over 50s are out there traveling. Right. So they don't have a loan, they don't have a mortgage. So you pro- you say Hello World's a buy. Hello World because there's no debt and it's purely right. Australia and it's purely right. leisure. Yeah, corporate travel had some good announcements out. Uh, even Circo's had a good trading update. They are corporate as well. Flight Center is the largest if you didn't want to buy a pure yeah. airline, and it's diversified. So right. it's Northern Hemisphere, which for some is a positive, for some it's a negative. Just because of the short position, I'm just going to okay. call it a hold. All right. Don't uh, don't be deterred by the short position. I mean, the second largest is uh, IDP Education. Yeah. And um, um, my observation is that the, the shortest they always make it. Their marketing wheel is always like, we're the smartest one, we keep the market honest and stuff yeah. like that. They're not the smartest tools in the shed. I mean, but they're simply not. Oh, because that's what, a big what, call, really? It's not a big call, it's <laughs> observation over the past few years because what usually happens is <clears throat> these guys come out with a result and then they all have scrambling to, yeah, to reduce yeah, their yeah. losses and the share price up 30% before you know it. Right. Which is what recently happened with, um, what's the, 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 the company that, uh, Megaport. Right. 30% on a day, that's not, yeah. that's not you and me getting excited. That's the shorts, that's the shorts scrambling to reduce their okay. losses. Yeah. So you would, you would reverse Philip's logic here and say, I know if that Flight Center come I, out with a good update. I know that there are lots of professional investors out there who essentially put together those lists and right. they select their companies in reporting season, which is most likely to, to, to surprise. and. Have the shortest covering. I mean, right. and you can make on the day you can make a mozza. Wow. Okay. So that's point number one. The other point, um, I still think that everything that Philip says is you can't you can't almost not default, except for the fact that Flight Center is a business in transition. Yeah. I mean, they, they have to scale back their uh, uh, their network. And the other thing to, to very important to note as well, if you look at the long term price chart, share price is well below where it used to be. 
but that's after the raising and before yes. the capital raising. Yeah, yeah. So the valuation now I wouldn't, it's probably similar or not even higher than pre-COVID right. because there's so many more shares out there. Yep, yep. So the worst thing you can do as an investor is thinking like, oh, it still has to get there. Yep. It, may, it may never get there. Yeah. You know? yep. So I, I would go, I'm now using Philip's own words against him, go with the winners, ignore the losers. I would go with Webjet, which is much stronger and, and, and has a much stronger momentum going. Right. Um, the, the philosophy there was that, that the market is not that well acquainted yet with their Webbeds business yep. uh, and which, constantly, which under, like constantly, constantly yeah. underestimated by the market. Right. And it has been, it, it's taking market share left, right and center basically. Okay. So I would, I would go with, with, with Webjet corporate travel above flight center. So a no on flight setup here. Hold at best. <laughs> and you and you and you and 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 you hope that the shorters are losing their pants and all. Uh, <laughs> you don't like shorters. It's going to be. I don't like shorters. No, no, I don't like shorters. That's fair enough too. I think we can. Most of the reports that are issued in the Australian share market are absolutely BS. Well, right. that was that famous short on corporate travel a few years back. Yeah, that one uh, example. It didn't work. No, yeah. one example. Seek didn't work. Emco yeah. didn't work. Technology One, remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Didn't work. Yep. Okay. It was BS. All right. Uh, that would have really focused Rudy Shorts on Technology One. Uh, he was the number one fanboy for Technology mm-hmm. One. They've definitely lost their money on that one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, at Xdoc, uh, Rudy Asher wants a view on Cromwell yeah. Property, uh, a REIT um, hugely discounted like everybody else. 210 properties, mostly commercial. Um, develop, owns itself, managers for third parties, Australia, New Zealand, and across Europe. What do you think of Cromwell? I think they now sold their Polish assets, didn't they? I have a vague memory that they have. Right. Um, in a very simplistic, because we, last time Philip and I were on, we spoke about REITs and where the big question marks are still there with asset devaluations. Um, Cromwell, I mean, it's trading on a, on a uh, interest Although dividend yield of in excess of nine percent, <clears throat> probably fair to say the market is taking its view that they will they will have bad news. Yeah. Um, the 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 difference here is that the bad news is not necessarily that bad that the share price by definition has to go a lot lower for where it is now. There was an argument to be made maybe because the share price is where it is, the bad news is already there. It just has to come out. That is a different type of investor than I am. Um, I'm I'm not sitting on stocks. We keep my fingers crossed in the hope that the bad news won't be as bad as it's priced yeah. in. So for me, it's for me, it's a no. I mean, there are there are REITs out there that offer a much better risk reward proposition. Um, like what? Oh, um, like um, Goodman Corp. Still, Goodman, still right. a great yeah. buy around yeah, yeah. Uh, twenty dollars and very reliable, and they will grow by by double digits. Right. These guys, you have to wait what comes out. Yeah. Apart from the fact that they, they most likely will have will have some devaluations in assets coming at some point as well. Okay. And we are uh, ahead of the reporting season. We should emphasize that. Uh, we don't know yet what comes out. Yeah. Uh, Philip, uh, everyone's saying massive discounts, all rates screaming by, uh, and the argument is that the market's assuming 30% discount in asset values or devaluation. Uh, you know, the optimist saying it won't be nearly that much and they'll pop back up again. What's your view? Well, normally I'm the optimist. I'm going to be the pessimist, but I'll call it a hold. 
net asset values NTA, I always take with a grain of salt. They're almost an artist's impression, especially when you're dealing with illiquid investment. Because if if a portfolio doesn't trade, how do you evaluate it? its yeah. last trade? And last trade might have been five years ago. It's got an NTA of ninety five cents. How wrong can it be? Share price is half that, so maybe mm. it's it's not that material. Um, Concerns 64% office and 41% Australia. Are we going through a recession? In the first half, they booked 180 million loss on their property valuations. They revalued their property down 181 mil versus 67 mil profit in the prior corresponding period. Right. We're probably so going to see another loss mm. in the second half. I don't know what, but I can't believe it'll be a profit. That might spook investors. Mm. They will produce a new NTA which may well be lower, but because it's based on recent transactions, it may not be low enough. So that's my concern. It might take another 12 months or longer for NTAs, for transactions to occur for the NTA to be closer to reality. The share price has already moved. Um, So for me, I'm just not excited property Mm -hmm. trusts ahead of Mm -hmm. the August results where we'll at least get an update on what they think their NTA is. Having said that, it's fallen a long way. So That's, I'm going to call it a hold. I wouldn't throw it out now, but don't, don't expect it to bounce back anytime soon. I just avoid this sector. Yeah, the other thing which is important to point out, and they not necessarily apply on Cornwall because I know they, they on occasion sell assets if they need to, and they need to sometimes. But a lot of, a lot of REITs have, have, are, are burdened with large amounts of debt. Yeah. The problem with that is that to service that debt is now becoming more expensive. And a lot of people don't think that way. But for some REITs, that means they may not have any growth mm. for two, three, four, five years because they just have to spend all that money on servicing their debt yeah. unless they can sell assets. Yeah. But then selling assets in a market that's not very accommodative. And, and you've got Goodman, which is mainly industrials, but you've got, um, what is it, National Charter. Storage, which is storage. Yeah. You've got... Um, the, one, the one that ABP is... Uh, is, is, is Childcare centres. Yeah. No, you have Abacus. You have, you have Abacus, Abacus. Yeah. that is uh, spinning, spinning off their yeah. storage. That yeah. will be very popular. Yeah. You know? yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. so all, all of that. So if you're into REITs, yeah. they're not all uh, commercial, industrial and retail. No. There are exactly. some specialist ones exactly. there as well. Yeah. All right, our uh, fifth stock, uh, Philip um, Henry wants a view on James Hardy, the uh, uh, the enormous sort of um, cement fibre business, been going since 1888, would you believe, one of our oldest listed companies, mm-hmm. big operations in the United States as well. Yeah, look, um, I think it's had a good, um, good recent recovery. Mm-hmm. So... The concern is obviously its exposure to the building sector. Uh, in Australia, we've seen um, some projects get pulled, some builders go under, but we, we still have this massive demand for infrastructure. Yeah. Similarly in the US, and there's this, you know, again, are we going into a recession? Are we not? Is it low? Um, there is significant demand for their products. And after an initial scare and you know people downing tools and you couldn't get staff, you couldn't get access to sites, Share price now recovered because demand for their products now recovered. They start to supply it. So for me, that's and they a, put their prices up, and too. they put their prices up. So anyone that has pricing power <clears throat> is definitely worth a look. Yep. So for me, the market's woken up to the fact that things aren't terrible for them. There's some he- uh, tailwinds as well as some headwinds. Pricing power is important. That's a good recovery. It's I think it's in line. Um, 
with uh, cons- yeah, it's fair value according to um, consensus forecasts, and on my numbers, it pays no dividend yield. So, expected return is zero. So yeah. I would call it fair value. Uh, so I'll call it a hold. But if it certainly if it sells off uh, in the upcoming result because of a mixed outlook statement, I would look to buy okay. this one. Buy on weakness. It's just not on this current current okay. share price. The one word that should never be used: asbestos. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> yes. but anyway I, I agree. Um, this is often uh, being nominated as probably the, the best um, cyclical tool we have on the ASX. Um, but then again, it is still a cyclical. So yeah. I'm often after after the after a period when it has done well, share price wise, I'm always a little bit more hesitant because it is still cyclical. Yeah. And things in the building industry can can change quite quite dramatically and quite quickly. Having said so, I, 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 I uh, did some renovation in the house and we did order the James Hardy product and it's a, it's a great product, right? There's, uh, a, profit, profit <laughs> there's a profit upgrade there? coming. There's a profit upgrade <laughs> coming. <laughs> so, so share price wise. Are you, are you a handyman? Are you a bit of a builder, a home builder? No. Oh, no, I, I, I love work. I can I can observe it for hours. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I would I would go uh, a cautious hold here, preferably uh, buying it on on, on weakness. Right. In particular, because um, I still think uh, I mean, there's no question about it. the economic deceleration is is continuing, and that's globally. That goes for uh, for Australia, Europe, and and the US, which are the three key markets yeah. for. Uh, for James Hardy. Um, it's a big call. I mean, the, the reason why they've done well recently is because they actually ran into operational problems previously, yeah. then solved them ultimately after having issued from memory five profit warnings. Yeah. And that's why the share price is where it is, yeah? yeah. So they finally got their act together, basically. But then it can still, it, the market itself can yeah. still decelerate from here, so and it will have an impact. So James Hardy, Boral, uh, CSR? Yes. James Hardy, the best of the three? Oh, arm's length. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Don't say think so. You just, just well, go like, yes. Based on the share price. Yes. yes. Okay. What I really said. <laughs> you just All take right. a long-term view and it, the, the, the trend will show you as well. Okay. All right, let's recap the first five stocks and our stock of the day, which was Ansel, a hold from both uh, Rudy and Philip after their uh, profit warning this morning. Ampol is a hold from both as well. Um, QS, a no from Rudy, a yes from Philip, but both of them prefer Telstra in the telco sector. Um, Flight Center, a hold from both. Philip prefers Hello World in that sector, Rudy Webjet. Uh, Cromwell Property, a no from Rudy, a hold from Philip and James Hardy. Uh, a hold from both after a good run up, both like the business and would be buyers on a pullback. Uh, here on the call, we've been following our own fantasy investment portfolio as picked by the investment committee. You can see the last committee meeting on the platform, osbiz.com, at that July meeting. They took their profits on Boss Energy, stayed in uranium by replacing it with Paladin, and uh, traded out Kelsian and decided it was time to have a bit of a nibble at the much maligned and battered retailers and they put LaVisa into the portfolio. Uh, the fund's up at 7% at the moment. Keep sending your requests into the call uh, because that's the first filter to go up to the investment committee. Uh, this half hour, uh, you've asked us to take a look at EBOS, Stockland, Bannerman Energy, AUB, 
and SiteMinder. That's a, a mixed bag of stocks, isn't it? All right, uh, Danny wants a view, Rudy, on uh, EBOS, our uh, big pharmaceutical wholesaler and distributor um, through uh, community pharmacies into surgeries, doctor surgeries and the like. What do you think of EBOS? Um, we had this discussion last time when we when we spoke about Sigma. Yep. Uh, and 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 I said at the time, uh, EBOS is a much better uh, operator than Sigma is. Um, and luckily, when I came home after that, that uh, I went through some research from other brokers and Shaw, and uh, at least half of them agreed with me. Right. I mean, this, this, <laughs> this is the better operator. The only problem is, of course, uh, they are going to lose uh, a multi-billion contract uh, in 2025, yeah. uh, which is sort of like a sword of Damocles hanging in front of them. Now, um, the market knows this. Like, there's known knowns and there's, there's all the other, other stuff. So on the assumption, because if you would take a long, and that is sort of the longer term view you have there, you see that over time, of course, there's volatility in the share price, but over time it goes from the left hand yeah. corner at the, on, the, on the bottom to the right hand corner Which at the top. So basically it's a long term, very good operator. Now, yeah. at this point in time, there's, there's been a setback that sometimes happens even to the, to, the, to the great operators. But I think on the basis of, of what they've done so far, uh, I think you can, keep, you can give management the, the benefit of the doubt and they will uh, maybe not necessarily completely replace what, they, what, they, what they're going to lose in 2025, but we know that now. And then yeah. you should assume that's now been priced in. So yeah. after the restart, I think you can give them the benefit of the doubt and they will continue. Uh, to operate well, I think. So I think it's you can you can add it to your portfolio here. Uh, you can buy it. Yeah. Okay. Philip, I'm going to call it a halt because I do prefer Sigma. Um, the main reason is that's a big loss. So you are the other fifty percent. I'm I'm the other fifty. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> there's only one of me, but let's let's call it fifty percent. <laughs> history, grossly simplifying. History tells you. You back the company that has the chemist warehouse contract, and that is the winner. Uh, chemist warehouse is about twenty-five percent market share mm. of a twenty-five billion dollar mm. retail market. Uh, from one July next year, all that three billion, currently three bill, by them three point three bill, will be supplied by Sigma. Right. At the moment, it's one bill Sigma, two, two. bill um, EBOS. That's right. a big loss. Right. Um, the, the reality is that contract was once all of Sigma's. Sigma lost it to a combination of DHL and EBOS. Uh, DHL couldn't supply their component, went back to Sigma, and now Sigma's won it all back. Mm-hmm. Um, so the share price you put up earlier, um, EBOS has grown in recent history by making some acquisitions. They bought a, um, a medical supplies business, I think it was December, uh, 2021. Market thought they overpaid for it, share price fell, but then they recovered. At the moment, um, looking at consensus forecasts, EBOS is staring down two years of earnings going backwards by about 5% per annum. Right. Not a lot, but going backwards. Yeah. Sigma's got 50% per annum growth. Uh, so if you had to pick the two, you always pick the company mm. that's growing because mm. for those who like to simplify valuation using PE, mm. if a company isn't growing its PE, it's, uh, its earnings, the only way it'll outperform is if it gets a uh, multiple um, acceleration or increase and I don't, can't see EBOS doing. No. So the company's been a market darling. It's fair value, I would argue, given the outlook. So I would call it a hold. No need to sell it. It's a good long-term stock. Yep. But at the moment, um, 
I think uh, the market is misunderstanding how big the chemist warehouse win back is for Sigma, and that'll be reflected in the Sigma share price over time. Okay. So I much prefer Sigma at, at current respective share prices. All right, next stock, uh, let's go back to property, and uh, this time uh, uh, retail. Uh, Robert, what's a view, Philip, on Stockland? Again, similar view. So I'll call this one a hold, uh, again, because of valuation. but. I am concerned about revaluations coming through. They're in a better space. My understanding is their portfolio is 21% specialty retailers, 6% supermarkets, 17% discount department stores, and then the balance 12% mini majors. To the extent that they've got some turnover rent, some of that will go backwards in the coming 12 months. Um, That's a good share price appreciation. So I would call it um, fair value. I wouldn't chase anything overly exposed mm. to discretionary retail at the moment. They have some discretionary retail exposure. So if yeah. that doesn't impact their direct revenue, it will impact their ability to put rents up. Uh, so again, I'm very cautious with cap rates going up and not yet reflected in NAVs. I'm going to call this one a hold. Not a sell, but just a hold okay. until we get their, their latest numbers and outlook statement and see how they're traveling. No, we can also play games. Huh? How many companies' uh, share price have actually moved since 2019? Yep. Um, just, just as an yeah. observation. Yeah, uh, yeah I'm, I'm a bit, I'm a bit more cautious as well. There are so many moving elements in a very. Listen, there are times when, when diversification is actually a plus, but there are also times when that means you will, you will encounter troubles somewhere, mm-hmm. somehow, how in your business somewhere. Um, I think shopping centres, discretionary um, retail. Uh, plus, um, they are developing, including apartments and, and the likes. Um, for me, too much uncertainty, I think. And, we're, 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 and again, revaluations, devaluations of assets, etc. Um, ahead of August, I'd be more cautious. Okay. All right. So I know on Stockholm, uh, the investment committee we just talked about um, switched out a boss into Paladin. Uh, Harrison wants a view on another listed uh, uranium development company, uh, Bannerman Energy Rooting. Yeah. Uh, they have the Atango project in uh, Namibia, Namibia. Yeah. Um, which is interesting. What do you think of Bannerman as an option between Boss and Paladin? The difference is, I think they are further away from restarting, or from not from restarting, from starting the operation. Right. Uh, well, Boss should be quite imminent, I think. And obviously, Paladin, once upon a time, not that long ago, actually was a producer. Yeah. And and they, they, I think next year, I think this day they will restart. <clears throat> I always have a bit of a problem with with uh, companies that uh, are still in that no man's land. Like we have an asset, we're going to develop it, but, but nowhere near yet. So right. they're, they're developing rather than restarting out of mothballs. Yes. Right. Yes. That's a lot. Um, well, so yes, that's yeah. why. So my preference would also be uh, either uh, Paladin, which yeah. is by all means still the, the, the number one we have. Yeah. Um, and, and maybe Boss. And the other thing is, um, I actually don't know what the conditions are in uh, in Namibia, but uh, I do know that it's that's like seventy five percent desert. Yeah, <laughs> so they probably the middle of the desert as well. <laughs> yeah, but that, uh, so are all our iron ore miners. <laughs> yeah, but the dif- the difference is uh, when 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 the when the, the city is like hundred kilometers away, fine. 
in the middle of the desert in Namibia, it, yeah, yeah. it probably takes longer and there's no water around or whatever. Yeah. Eh? All right. Not even mentioning the power uh, sure. that you need. You can't mine in a rainforest, unfortunately. No. <laughs> well, you can. Briex found gold in Indonesia, remember? Yeah, yeah. Fair. All right. Benjamin? We like it. We think it's a buy. We do prefer mm. Paladin, um, but we think it's a buy has the most leverage um, for one reason. We just think demand for uranium will go up in the next two years. Um, you know, where uh, yeah, we, there's we lots of uranium around. Though, is Let, let's hope that happens. What have we described as Australia is the uh, Saudi Arabia of uranium? Of uranium. We've got so much uh, here. Uh, Olympic Dam's the biggest in the world, yeah. isn't it? But no, globally. But globally, there's a shortage. According to our analysts, yes. globally yeah, there's yeah. a shortage because yeah, yeah. since Fukushima, no one's been producing. Mm. Uh, yeah. The tr- the traders have been trading the stock around, so there's mm. a big disconnect between the spot price and, and what utilities mm. are buying. Mm. And our belief is, utility companies who want to hit these 2030 targets to go green, mm. you need uranium mm. in your solution. And demand. So that that argument is uranium becomes your base load instead yeah. of coal. So that'll, coal. so that'll drive uranium price, contract price from around 60 US to 80 US over time. Right. And companies like Bannerman will see the operating leverage pretty strongly by the time they start to produce. So that's why we like Bannerman. So if you believe that we must go green mm-hmm. and uranium is part of the solution and that's what the utility providers mm-hmm. are doing, then uranium price goes from 60 bucks to 80 bucks. Happy days, you buy pallet and you buy Why, random. Rising tide lifts all the boats, is that the, the principle? Yeah, but um, uh, troops, some have moved mm-hmm. earlier on. I think yeah. Boss, Boss like, Energy has moved first. first so yeah. we, we would call oh, that fair like, value. We'd call yeah. that fair mm-hmm. value. Uh, we like Paladins bigger, uh, but we think Bannerman has a most leverage because as it becomes a producer, mm-hmm. you go from loss making to yeah. super so, profits mm-hmm. for two years. So do they reckon so many of these mines are going to come out of mothballs that, that there won't be a shortage? It's more, it's more supply and demand. It's more to convince miners to produce more. The price needs to be $80 within two years or we just won't get the supply. Oh, and yeah, therefore, okay. It's also yeah. for Pelot at the moment. The price is actually too low for those mines to actually yeah. profitable. Right. Okay. But the other, thing, the other thing you haven't mentioned, is, and it's equally important, the US and Europe are trying to uh, get Russia out of the picture. At this point in time, Russia is one of the main suppliers of uranium. Ah. I mean, because they're still dismantling also their, their, their nuclear rockets right. they had. And the other thing is, by the way, Canada... Well, they're taking the uranium yeah. out of the warheads and selling it on the market. ...have been doing for decades. Wow. Right? But the US and Europe are sort of boycotting, trying to boycott the, the Russia. Yeah. So if they can get rid of the Russians, then it has to come from elsewhere. Right. Yeah? And number one is Kazakhstan and Canada, by the way. Right. Okay. All right. Um, let's go from nuclear to insurance broking. Uh, you can't... <laughs> Get much bigger divergence. Can you, Philip? Uh, Ashton, wants your view on AUB, the uh, the big general insurance roll-up? Joys uh, of being a generalist. Uh, yeah, yeah. Insurance got, brokers? I don't think it's a buy. Um, mm. We like the insurance base. I like the insurance base for a number of reasons. A, it is a beneficiary from interest rate rises. Yeah, that's a good left to right chart. Isn't it's that, a right? great buy, buy your winners, as we, as we, we both agree on. Um, if you don't want to take the balance sheet risk by investing in an insurer, whether it's life or general, mm. because premiums are going up, um, invest, investment income is going up because of interest rate rises, yeah. buy a broker. Yeah. Uh, broker charges commission on premiums. Any form of insurance has got premium rates going up. IAG during their strategy day indicated that home and contents going up 20%. Car insurance up 20%. Uh, you get similar in um, 
increases he parts on life insurance. So uh, ac- uh, playing that through a broker, if you don't want to take on the balance sheet risk, uh, catastrophe risk, uh, is a good way to Quite do it. Quite high. Yeah, so I, I actually think um, I'm in the stronger for longer camp on, um, unfortunately, being a consumer of insurance premiums, I'm in the stronger for longer uh, and uh, one way to play. So even at a five-year high, a buy, you haven't missed out on it? I don't think uh, insurance premiums in any form are coming down anytime yeah. soon. Okay. And as they continue to grow and add, add more um, more distributors, uh, I, I think it trades upwards. AUB versus Steadfast? <sighs> They're both good investments. Right. Uh, you also have yeah. I, I can't tell offhand which is cheaper. You also have BSI, the third one. There's a smaller one as well. Oh, right. I think they're more of a reinsurer off yeah. the top of my head. Yeah. You're at the um, bigger catastrophe end. I definitely mm. prefer um, mm. non-catastrophe insurance at the moment. Yeah. Well, the, the other thing is you stick with your winners and you sell your losers. So the fact that there's a five-year high is no reason to sell it. Yeah. No. Um, well, when you buy it at these levels. One of, one of, you buy it because they are now increasingly being singled out as potentially surprising to the upside in August. That's because the momentum for the insurance sector here this year is so strong. You've also seen, for example, the likes of Joe's uh, Australia Group coming out with a positive profit warning. Yeah. Um, the, 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 everyone's favorite is Suncorp because the share price doesn't move. But um, it's the old story about, do you buy the gold miners or do you buy the companies that give them the shovels? Yeah? Yeah. The shovel is sold, you, you, don't, you don't risk, there's no gold. Yeah? Yeah. And these guys as well, if, if the insurers are running into trouble, it doesn't bother them. Right? No. So, and if insurance premiums go up, it's nominal. It it's them. nominal, yeah? it's yeah, the same yeah. as with, with the airline tickets. So I came across this sector about maybe like 18 months ago or so when an international fund manager um, highlighted internationally insurance brokers as a potentially an all-weather stock like they perform in winter <coughs> and in summer you know, yep. it doesn't matter recessions etc so i started looking what, what do we have in australia the, the main disadvantage we have here is that the companies are quite small of size and that means they are more vulnerable volatility and also op- operationally having said so um uh, steadfast which is which is the stock i own uh, has done really really well and it's just yeah. it's a similar price chart right? yeah it, it just goes up over time with the volatility. Um, everyone now likes AUB more, but that's because Steadfast has performed better and AUB is on a relative basis has underperformed Steadfast. Right. Um, but again, I think you can own both of them. And and, I'm, and I think on a risk reward basis, um, they are less, because the momentum is so strong for that sector, I think the, mom, the, the risks that they come out with an Ansel like disappointment in August is, is less. And, the, and those are the risks I think you should now take into account in your portfolio. Right. So I would say, yes, you, 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 can, you, can, you can buy it here as well. Of course, you always want to buy it cheaper, but I mean, yeah. who knows, you can get it cheaper. Um, but I think you can buy both. Going back to your earlier comment, when you, uh, your interest was first sparked yes. this, uh, comparing it to brokers in the US, are you saying yeah. insurance brokers here in Australia don't have as big a part of the market as the US and we're heading towards that. Well, so there's more potential yes, for we, growth we, to yes. justify buying at five-year highs? Um, well, you're buying on five-year highs because the potential is still there for upside surprises and for strong right. momentum going for next year. So if they have a strong But they're growing their market as well. They acquire on a regular basis. Right. These guys have just bought something in the UK, I believe. Right. So because they're smaller sized, they, they also have more 
um, room to grow as, yeah. a, as a business as well. Yeah. The disadvantage is, is that because they're smaller size, they're also, if something impacts, it, it, it hits harder. Right. Because it's a smaller size business. Right. But the principle is the same, and I've been, ever since I was put on this sector as a, as a reliable performer, I'm quite happy with, with and, and if you look, that's been over time, of course, everything goes through cycles and volatility, yeah, yeah. but over time you see that we just we just saw a few other stocks that basically haven't haven't moved on on a, on a, on a net basis. Yep. These stocks move on a net basis and it's still an ongoing uptrend. Yep. And that's the reason why you would have them in your portfolio. Okay. Good uh, good discussion there and sort of a in this environment, just good steady returns are few yeah. and far between yeah, at exactly. the moment. So it doesn't have to be thirty percent or that, which a lot of Ansel shareholders would have been expecting out of Ansel as well. Um, our final stock, Rudy Bill, wants a view on SiteMinder. This is a technology business, but provides e-commerce platforms for hotels and hotels. other accommodation. Ever since they listed, which is not that long ago, I constantly had that vision, but. That they're that they're, they're, they're mining mining sites, but it's not <laughs> it's not right? It's what the name does. Mm. Uh, they are many many people's favorite in the technology sector. The, of course, they, mm. they must be doing well. But it's, there's a few there's a few uh, there's a few contrasts. Um, not profitable yet, yeah. and that is a big that is a big thing. I mean, it just is, um, and it is it is in that in that hospitality sector um, at the moment. Yes, riding the, the coattails of the recovery out of, of out of lockdowns. Yeah. But I mean, I think you can be patient. You don't have to be in these early stage uh, developments. You don't have to be there in the early stage. Um, I mean, I still remember buying zero at, at twenty-seven dollars and then seeing it go to one hundred and sixty or something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to be there at five bucks. No. This. No. Time is on your side. If they are as good as some analysts think they are, they will offer plenty of opportunities in the years ahead to uh, to get on board. At the moment, I would say put on your radar. But hey, not profitable, still relatively unknown, still relatively small business. Uh, I would I would just sit on the side and wait. Okay, so but put on your watch list. Absolutely. To see how it right. goes. Absolutely. And if you did get in earlier, seven dollars. Yes, well, exactly. Now I'm licking your wounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'd still hold it though if you're in it. Yeah, but don't don't necessarily go 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 trading down and all that stuff because that's uh, that's the way, that's the fastest way to ruin as well. Uh, yeah. you, you always difficulty is that irrespective of what happens to the share price, you should always have the ability to just simply sit down and start from scratch. Yeah, and then look forward, right? Yeah. Irrespective of of what has happened, throwing more money at it is not necessarily. Gaurav Sodhi made the comment yesterday, when, whenever he buys a stock, he immediately forgets at what price yeah, yeah. he bought it. I often do it just plays with your mind. Because it's it plays bad, with it anchors. bad yes. psychology. Yes, it is. Because uh, you just look at it going forward. If you look at all the great investors, they look at the business yep. and the share price maybe comes at position number four or so. Yep. What yeah, most yeah. people do is watch the share price and be completely focused on the share price and forget about the business, yes. yeah? which yeah. is actually the wrong way around. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Absolutely, people anchor, as someone said to me once, if you lose money on a stock, you don't have to make it back in the same stock. That's exactly. Something yeah. Else. yeah. Look, I think it's a hold. Um, for me, you see that chart, it's sort of 
strikes me of all the online companies who benefited during lockdown because we all shopped online and it got the it got the the, 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 the two-year high at sort of seven bucks it's now come off they are cash burner and i'm very conscious cash burners at the moment what's their competitive advantage versus other online um hotel booking software is mm. hard to say <coughs> um come back to our point earlier um those who i'm not negative travel uh, but those who are winning are those who target the more affluent customer they are the ho- hello mm. worlds are the flight centers who target the mossman mother of two Yep. Spending 10 to 15 grand, not the price conscious do it yourself travel booker. Um, I would suggest if anyone's at risk, it's someone you know, mm. jumping on an online site trying to save a buck. If there's a downturn, you're probably going to put that off for a year. And given that they're already cash burning, mm. they probably have less ability to withstand a downturn than a larger, more profitable company. Yep. Uh, so I, I would be very, I'm not saying it's a sell, but I would just be very cautious because they have a lot of competition. Mm. Um, and the, and the market is expecting you've got a turnaround, which is unfortunate yep. for a lot of these stocks, whereas the previous five years, the market's been going, don't worry about making profit, yep. just building customer boats, revenue, da 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 yep. Now they're saying, nah, you've got to turn a profit. Zero yes. went, okay, we'll change our business model and mm-hmm. our spending, and their shares have gone from $50 to back up over $100 yep. in what, eight, nine months. Yep. So those stocks and managements that have responded to that rather than saying, oh, it's too hard, um, have done well. That's the issue. So a lot of now, in a lot of cases, and we'll see this in August, costs are going up, staff costs are going up, rents costs yep. are going up. If you've got any sort of um, borrowings, you're paying real interest now or you will shortly yes. pay some real interest and yep. try and refinance that. Uh, Whitehaven can't refinance at the moment for, for different reasons. So it's not it's not simple. To, there, there is a mortgage cliff for businesses as well. Yep. So yep. Uh, I would be very cautious cash burning companies who are at the more discretionary end of the mm. consumer uh, yeah. And this potentially is yeah. one of those, I would call it a it, it's, it's also the, the, the exuberance that we go through, that we don't care whether they are profitable or not. That's, that's, that's a particular phase of the share market. Yeah? Ultimately, if they don't become profitable, they will have to find money somewhere. Yeah. And they might have to come back to the share market. Yeah. yeah. And then yeah, they obviously yeah. have to, a big discount, yeah. dilution, yeah. you name it. Yeah, yeah. You don't want a, uh, uh, a down round at all and that sort of stuff. All right, uh, let's recap the uh, the final five stocks. Um, EBOS, a buy from Rudy, a hold from Philip, who prefer, prefers Sigma um, in in that sector. Uh, Stockland, a no from Rudy, a hold from Philip. Uh, Bannerman, a no from Rudy, a buy from Philip, but both of them prefer Paladin in uh, in the uranium sector. Uh, AUB, a buy from both, but fair to say they both, uh, both prefer Steadfast. Yeah. You, you prefer Steadfast. Call, call them equal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're not so, uh, not so determined on that. And uh, Sightminder, a watch from Rudy and a hold from Philip. Uh, gents, Thank you for joining us. Oh, really I, was in, I was in the neighbourhood, so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, comes in, um, always disrupts the staff, uh, Rudy, because he knows a couple of them too well, I think. Um, always good to have you here, and uh, Philip, always good to see you as well. 
Uh, that's it for our show for today. Look, if you uh, have any stocks in your portfolio or you've got on your watch list that you want me to put to our expert panel, uh, go to osbiz.co forward slash call picks or tweet us using the at Ausbiz TV handle and uh, I'll put them to our panel. And also any comments you have on the stocks, sort of any questions you want particular questions you want answered about particular stocks, whack them in the email as well or on on Twitter because we love that. Any comments on a stock? Um, If you're a fanboy or girl of a stock, tell us why and you want that reinforced by the panel. Um, That's always a lot of fun as well. So uh, don't hesitate to do that. All right, a lot more of Ausbiz. The Pulse is coming up very shortly. And don't forget, we have those Reserve Bank board minutes coming up. You'll hear all about them first here on Ausbiz. Stick around. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.